Welcome to Worldwide Wonderful Women, a podcast for your living in divine power when yours is diminished. A podcast where encouragers receive encouragement. We understand these are hard times. You may find that it is becoming more of a challenge for you to remain strong as you give of yourself continuously. That's why this is the place to join other women globally who face the same challenges as you. So join us regularly to receive biblical insight not to faint, but to stand strong. This is the podcast to be rejuvenated and revitalized. Now, let's join our host, Paula Harris. Hello, dear one of God. This is episode number 145 of Worldwide Wonderful Women. And the title of this episode is Mothers in the Bible, Part 3. We have been talking this month about mothers in the Bible and getting inspiration from them and encouragement to continue in our walk as mothers, whether it's a natural walk or whether we're spiritual mothers by leading others to Christ. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, it says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Let's look at Hannah, our mom for this week that we're going to look at in regards to the Bible. Hannah is recorded in 1st and 2nd Samuel, so you can read that. But here is the passages that I would like to share with you out of 1st Samuel, beginning at verse 2. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penana would taught Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penana would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Now, I want to stop for a a moment. Notice Hannah is grieving over her childlessness, but she doesn't lash back or retaliate as far as we know. But inwardly, she is brokenhearted. You may be identifying with Hannah right now. Maybe none of your fertilization methods have worked up to this point, and you're despairing, and maybe you've lost your hope, and you don't understand God at this point. But I'm asking you to hold on and to pray and to trust Him. All right, let's continue so we can get some more encouragement from Hannah. Picking up at verse 8, Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? 
You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Now, I want to stop again. I want to point out to you how Hannah prayed specifically. She asked for a son and not just a child. And not only that, she pictured this having this son and said that she would dedicate him to the Lord. She said that before he was even born or conceived. Her heart knew that God was a mighty God because what she said, O Lord of heaven's armies. And so with you, it doesn't matter whether you've had one or no children. Always hold on to the fact that you know that God is the Lord of heaven's armies. He is powerful. He is mighty. There's a reason why he may say no. He may delay. He may say yes. And so it's important for us to come in alignment with what the Lord is thinking, because even though we may have a desire, we trust God because God sees the future. God knows what will or would happen if we have all the desires that we want. And so we have to come to a point of knowing that God knows and we're going to trust him in that decision. All right, pick up verse 12. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Again, I want to encourage you because not everyone is going to understand what is taking place between you and God. Look at what her husband said. Her husband said, look, wait a minute. Why are you downhearted because you have no children? You have me. Aren't I better than 10 sons? And then she comes here into the tabernacle and she's praying to God and Eli thinks she's drunk. So look, not everybody is going to understand your situation. They're not going to understand what's going on between you and God. But you must remain strong even if you're falsely accused or someone misunderstands your actions. All right, verse 17. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. She is no longer sad because what? She counted God faithful, and she was going to trust God for what would happen next. And the same thing with you. Trust God for whatever is going to happen next. Pick yourself up, 
Eat again, be nourished and go on and watch and see what God does in your life. Verse 19, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. Then Elkanah slept with Hannah. The Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. Then the next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. For Hannah, she did receive her boy. But for you, maybe God has not given you your request. Are you going to walk away from him now? Or are you going to continue to trust in him, whatever he deems necessary for you? Remember, he is mighty. He is all-knowing. And he does have a good plan for your life, with or without children. I pray that you will believe that. Another thing that all of us can learn from Hannah is that our children really do belong to the Lord. They are with us for a short time. And may we understand that we need to cherish every minute that we have, just like Hannah did with Samuel. And yet she knew from the very beginning who Samuel really belonged to. As moms, we have a wonderful privilege of raising our children for however long they're with us. But may we use that time wisely and enjoy every minute of it as we spend time with them, instructing them and loving on them. Well, until the Lord joins our paths together once again, smile, Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening to Worldwide Wonderful Women. We trust you enjoyed the program. Please take a moment to leave us a good rating and review on iTunes to help us continually encourage others around the globe. We also invite you to go to TWMforJesus.org. That's T-W-M, like in Mary, F-O-R-J-E-S-U-S dot O-R-G to download your free gift and see other resources to help you live in divine power. And oh, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, be strong and of good courage.